you are always with us. You go before us. You never leave us or forsake us, Lord. When the storms get darkest, that's when we need to lean into you the most, Lord. I pray that every day you would remind us, Lord, we can do nothing on our own, Lord. But thank you, God, we don't have to. I thank you, God, that we can each say that we are yours and you are ours. A love so deep, so wide, we cannot fathom. Cannot fathom. And freely given. I thank you so much for your mercy and your grace this morning. I thank you for your love and your provision. I thank you, Lord, that you have a will for each of our lives, that you have a plan for each of us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would never stop giving you praise, Lord, giving you worship, giving you honor. You are worthy of it all. There is a king seated among us. Let every heart receive him now. Whether his friend, he will inhabit. There will be grace and mercy all around. And every verse will be lifted in his presence. And every trophy will be laid down at his feet. There is a name that reigns above. Jesus Christ is the King above all. Sing unto the Lamb, yeah, unto the Lamb, the honor and glory. Worthy is He.
Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us mouths and minds and hearts that can worship you. Thank you for giving us a way for our heart to see a glimpse of you and your majesty, Jesus. To know and feel in our bones, God, the hope that we have because our king has rescued us and our king has gone to prepare a place for us and our king will welcome us home to be together with him forever and ever holy holy for all eternity we love you Jesus you are the life giver and the hope bringer and the overcomer you are the king who knows each and every struggle in every heart that is here, every heart that is listening. Jesus, you are the one who gives us strength, who gives us hope, who loves us, and who will never leave us. We worship you and we praise you together today. In your holy name, we pray. And the church said, amen, amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated this morning unless you're just too, unless you're not ready to sit down yet. You can stand up. So welcome. It's good to see you all here this morning. Thank you for being here to worship with us. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward this morning as we continue just to worship uh, with our tithes and offerings as we do each Sunday here as part of the CF family. If you're a guest with us this morning, we want you to feel especially welcome. We'd love the chance to be able to connect with you, uh, either by having you fill out one of our New Here cards or meet us at the New Here table. And then for our guests in the lobby, we have a gift for you. and We'd love to be able to give you that as we...
continue to worship today as we do, uh, please, as the ushers come back, if the bucket goes by, you feel free, if you're a guest, to let it go by you today and not feel any obligation. We don't want you to feel obligated. This is something that we as believers and as a church family together want to continue to do to encourage, build up, and participate in God's work here in the community. So pray with me, if you will, for the offering this morning. Father God, again, we thank you for giving us the means to take part in your kingdom through our worship, through our praise, through our singing, through our giving, through our serving. Thank you for letting us be part of what you do. Take these gifts now and all we do through the week and multiply it in the way only you can for your glory alone, God. Amen. Amen. Just again, want to welcome you. Thank you for being here today. We are excited to worship together. This is, uh, we're excited to about things that are coming up in the future. I was just thinking that, uh, you know, Pastor Corey and Melissa will be back with us next week. I know that you guys are excited like I am. I like to think, uh, I was thinking about Pastor Corey is just, he's a pastor who's really, he is so on the edge that he likes to hang his toes over the, the front of the stage. Brandon and I don't do that. Like, not this old guy. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be back here. But just excited to see their faces and their family again and just uh, just enjoy celebrating their return and what God has done in their lives through sabbatical. So please be here to celebrate and be with us next Sunday. Uh, we have a great, long, and lengthy announcement video this morning because there's lots and lots of stuff going on. So we're going to move right on to that. You guys buckle up, and then Pastor Brandon will be here to bring God's Word to us this morning. God bless you guys. We're shooting an announcement video. Yeah. I'll get you a snack when we're done eating. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta film this. this. Are you, you gonna, gonna be in it? Okay. Okay, ready? What's up, Sea of Paris? We are so excited that you are here with us today. We have just a few announcements for you. All right, first up, coming up on September 11th, 12th, and 13th, we are having our annual First Responders Luncheon. So if you are a first responder, we would love for you to attend. But if you're not, we, if you're just part of our family here at CF Paris, we would love for you to come and help serve, greet, clean, decorate. We are just so excited to be able to honor our first responders and thank them for all they do for us. All right, it's the start of a new school year. That means all of our community groups are getting going again. So be checking the app for information about new community groups. Next Sunday, we're going to have tables in the lobby with um, signups for all the different groups. But I'm going to highlight a few that are starting. All right, here we go. Okay, the first one is going to be our women's Bible study class. It is going to meet the first three Thursdays of September. So those dates are the 7th, 14th, and 21st from 6 to 7.30. Tracy Daughtry leads that group. So it's going to be awesome, women. You do not want to miss that. Please, they do have a sign-up in the lobby currently, so you can go sign up today. You can sign up next week. We're super excited about that. And then we are starting something brand new. Casey Hayes and Joel Hayes are starting a group, and it is called Club 15. And it is for our first through fifth grade. So it's going to be Wednesdays from 6 to 7.30 right here. Instead of coming in from the main lobby doors, they're going to have a side door open so you can come right in. Our students, see if students will still come in. But now on Wednesday nights, guys, we're going to have something for grades first all the way through 12th grade happening in this building. So we are super excited about that. So get signed up for that Club 15 today. It, their first meeting is September 6th. All right, guys, my next announcement is for BSF. 
They are starting September 14th. This is a Bible study fellowship group for women. It meets here Thursdays, but this year they are also starting a group for kids. We're super excited to have the facility to be able to host that. So get signed up. I believe you signed up through BSF's website. If you have any questions about BSF, reach out to Greg Key. He can help you with that. And then finally, guys, we are starting a MOPS program. I don't know how many of you have heard of it. It's an international group. It stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. And we are so excited to be bringing MOPS to Paris, Texas. We had a group, but it was about 15 years ago. So if you are a mother of pretty much kindergarten all the way down to birth, we would love for you to join us. We are going to be meeting for the first time on September 22nd. And then from then, we are going to be meeting the first and third Fridays in October, November, and December, 9 to 11 right here at 3410. We will have classes for your kids so you can bring your kids, drop them off, and then you get to go fellowship and just be fed as a mom. So we know that, we know that that season is hard. So we are so excited to be bringing mops to Paris, Texas. Is that it? Are yeah. you done? Do you have anything? Are you sure? Yeah, I Do you think need so. to check before? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, we're good. I have just one more thing. Start here Sunday, not start here Sunday, but start here class is this Sunday. You don't want to miss it. If you have any questions about church, this is the place for you. Pastor G leads it. It's in the first classroom that's right when you walk in the door. It's to the left. It's like a meeting area. Uh, if you're wiggling, Finley is back there shaking the camera. That's what's happening. Um, please come to that. That's the only one I have. I didn't that's realize. That's next Sunday. That's next Sunday. The 10th. The next Sunday. Yeah. It's not, it's not this Sunday. Yeah. It's the next one yeah, coming up. Yeah, but you up. said this Sunday, but it's next Sunday. Well, the, the Sunday that's coming up. Yeah. All right, guys. If you ever have questions, check our app. We try to keep that updated with everything that's happening because I know there's a lot going on right now. Um, but I think that's Finley Pierce probably. Stop that's all we have. All right, Pastor Brandon is coming up. Bye, y'all. I can't see it. You're not supposed to touch it. Forgets to turn his mic on. Had to do it at least once. This was my last opportunity to do that. Right, I'm just getting y'all ready because that's usually what happens. He gets up here and starts talking and we can't hear him. How are we doing? Good. This beautiful Labor Day weekend. I've enjoyed the cooler weather, albeit maybe short-lived, but hey, it's, I'll take it, right? So um, we're excited, like Pastor G said, have Corey and Melissa back next week. It's going to uh, be a fun service. Um, I know he is ready to get back up here and share the word and the things that God's been showing him. Um, we miss them. And plus, I'm ready to not have to do well, all of us are ready to not have to do all the things that we've been doing the last six weeks. It'll be great. We didn't tell him, but he gets back Tuesday and we're all going on vacation. Him and Melissa, they got it for the next six weeks, right? <laughs> um, so we've been in this series called um, Things I Wish Jesus Never Said. And it's taking some of, the, some of the teachings of Jesus that we tend to, maybe in our culture, have a uh, more difficult time with, either applying or understanding or wanting or having the desire or motivation to even follow. And so um, one of the things that I think as we kind of look at some of the teachings of Jesus, these te hard things that Jesus says is that it helps us kind of see that God's ways are not our ways, right? And God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And so when we look at Jesus's, all of Jesus' teachings, we see that there's a different way to think about things. There's a different way that we're supposed to, um, it says in scripture that we're not wise when we compare ourselves with ourselves. 
And so sometimes we'll, we'll look at our society around us or we'll look at what everybody else is doing and we'll be like, okay, I'm good. I'm doing what everybody else is doing. But it seems that Jesus's teachings have a little bit higher standard than what's around us. And uh, it's kind of like upside down even sometimes. He says, like, if you want to be the greatest, you got to be the least, right? And so that kind of goes against our culture and what our thoughts might be or our ways might be. And so he has these things that are different. In fact, um, New Testament encourages us to live in this world not as, not as um, citizens of this world, but as citizens of heaven, as aliens and strangers or as foreigners. And so there's these big picture things that Jesus is kind of talking on and hitting on, like, hey, don't forget. And one of the reasons that we wanted to hit this series of things that Jesus said that we wish he wouldn't have is so that we can kind of remind ourselves that, look, our home isn't this place. This is not our final destination. This is not the big picture. This is not all that there is to be, that there's something greater and there's something more. There's a, big, a bigger picture. And so our hearts and our minds and our desires, we need to, to shift and shape those to the things of heaven so that we will be not allegiance here to even our own country, but allegiance to, to heaven. And so it's, that's why it's hard for us though sometimes because it's, it's difficult because of the culture around us and because of our own fleshliness, our own carnality. Like we, we have a hard time loving our enemies actively, right? It's not easy to deny ourselves daily. It's not easy to forgive others constantly. It's not, it's not always feeling, it doesn't always feel good to assess yourself spiritually, critically and wisely and have to realize that you shortfall. It's not always easy using your money generously or obediently. And today we're gonna to talk about how, as a capstone of our series of how to surrender or surrendering unconditionally. And so the idea of surrender, we, we see it all throughout scripture, but the, Jesus never really talks about, or doesn't use the word anyway, surrender. But we kind of understand surrender as it's kind of a battle term, right? So the, the other army, they lay down their arms and they wave the white flag and they say, they say, I, I surrender. And so, but Jesus kind of talks about it in these terms in, in John 14. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. Skipping on down a little bit. It says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Skipping on down a little bit more. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So this idea of surrendering to Jesus's teaching, surrendering unconditionally to the ways of Jesus is this idea of obedience or this idea of submission or this idea, he, he even connects it to love. If you love me, if you have relationship with me, if you follow after me, then you will do what I say, you'll keep my commands. And so as I've been going through the series uh, along with you guys, like it's been kind of nice because it's not just been me studying and trying to bring it, it's been me bringing a piece and it's been Pastor G bringing a piece and so it's been good for me too, like I'm in this with you, right? This is not something I've learned or I'm excellent at already, but it's something that we're in this together. And if I've been going through this series, I can't help but feel a little bit overwhelmed by my lack of where I'm at with these teachings of Jesus. Like, I feel, I feel bad how I don't completely or haven't been completely surrendered or submitted to certain things about the aspects of following Christ. And I read this in one of the, the books that we've been uh, resourcing for this series. The author, he speaks of a, the struggle in, of our Christian walk. And he says, as God prunes this old tree, the clipping and cutting hurt. I like my right eye and right hand. I do not find persecution appealing, nor do I enjoy blessing my enemy or giving up my grudges. 
Pushing a plow and carrying a cross are often difficult for me to stomach. And the self-evaluation and self-criticism I am called to perform, well, they don't always yield to the heady accolades I would like to receive about myself. I do not find the art of spiritual surrender easy. And so I found myself kind of there, and maybe, maybe you have too, like, this is not, not, hard, not easy. Not always easy to do these things, but there's hope. There's hope because there's help. And there's hope for you, and there's help for you too, and we're going to look at that today. During the series, maybe you, you've, um, you sometimes you found yourself thinking, well, I don't really, uh, I don't know if I can really do that. Like, I don't know that I can actually want to forgive people. I don't know that I'll ever get in a spot where I want to bless my enemies. I don't know that I'll ever be in my life having this desire and this functionality of how I use my money to do it the way that Jesus teaches me to do it. I, I just don't know if I'm going to be transformed by these teachings of Jesus as the gospel would change everything in my life this way. Like, how is that even possible? I just don't know that it's going to happen. Like, you, you feel the frustration with me, right? Or maybe you've been tempted, uh, as we've kind of mentioned before, that you're like, well, that's kind of super Christian type stuff, right? And we've already kind of debunked that. There are no super Christians. You're thinking, well, I'm not really going to start a church or anything. Um, I don't really need that level of commitment because, you know, I, I just have a normal job. I'm a normal person out in the community. And so these teachings of Jesus are more for people who are like called into ministry. But let me encourage you, wherever you're at with your, your own struggle with your Christian walk, uh, you are God's workmanship. You are his masterpiece. And he has purposed you to do works. He has purposed you. Amen. And so there are good things for you that he has planned for you, that he has in store for you. And let us not forget that we, we are the church. Like we don't go to church. We are the church. You are the church. We don't add Sunday and religion to our lives. It's a part of our lives every single day. The good things that he has made for you as his masterpiece, as his creation, those good things happen on your way to church. And they happen in the pickup line at school. And they happen in the break room at work. And they happen at the cell barn as you're interacting with people. And they happen when you go to your neighbor and you pick up hay for your cattle. They happen on the road. They happen as you're driving around Paris trying to figure out that light by Walmart. Do you turn in before? Do you turn in after? They, this light right here, like, do I just, you know, kind of slide in in front of the semi-truck? Can I do that? Um, and so wherever you're at in your community throughout the day and throughout every moment of life, that's, that's where it counts, right? And that's where God has called you to good work. That's where God has called you to live out these truths and live out these teachings of Jesus that aren't always easy to do, not just here at church. So there are, there, you don't have an excuse. Like, I'm taking your excuses away. You are called to these teachings. As Pastor G said last week, Christianity is never an additive. It's an explosive. It changes everything. A metaphor I like to use with the students is, like, in our lives, um, Let's pretend that we have these compartments or these bins, and each bin has different areas of our lives in them. We've got our ministry stuff, we've got our family stuff, we've got our sports stuff, we've got our, uh, we got our work stuff, we've got our project stuff, we've got all these things, and these bins go on these shelves, you know? And whenever we get into a situation where we pull the stuff out that we need from that bin, and we're thinking in that bin, and then if we're not careful, we'll also put God in a bin and put God on a shelf, 
right? But the reality is, is God's not the bend. He's not even the shelf. He's the wall. He's the one that supports us, that holds everything, that touches every aspect and everything that's within our lives. God is everything, and Jesus' teachings encourage us that there's nothing more important. There's nothing more important than surrendering ourselves to his way, to God's way. He says other things that we haven't been able to get to, like if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. There's no issue in your life that's more important than you seeking and going after God. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. There's this idea of commitment. Like there's nothing more important than our commitment to what God has called us to. Then there's this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. There's this, this major contrast of like, there is nothing more important. There is no thing and no person more important than a relationship with Jesus. It's a treasure in a field that you sell everything and you go and you buy the field because you have found the treasure. If, if you knew that Bitcoin was gonna sell for 60K, Back when it was 1K, you would have been skipping meals and selling cars and to buy as many of those things as you can, right? That's the motivation that we have in our surrender to God and our surrender to these teachings of Jesus is because of the value and the worth of following Jesus. So no matter where you are in your faith walk, like, don't be like Adam, be like Jesus. Adam in the garden wasn't willing to submit. He wasn't willing to surrender and in his stubbornness has brought us where we are today, right? But Jesus in the garden, he submitted, and he was obedient to death, a, hum a humbling death, right? So don't be stubborn, be humble. So no matter where you're at in your faith journey, like if you're just, just beginning, maybe you haven't even started, you're just kind of you ended up here today and you're not sure why you're here today. You're just like, okay, maybe there is something to this Jesus thing and you're trying to check it out. Maybe you've been hurt by the church in the past and you've walked away for a while and you're just now coming back and giving it another try and you're trying to figure out you know, this whole thing all over again. Or maybe you've been a Christian a long time, but no matter where you're at in your faith journey, this complete surrender to Jesus is not optional. It's where it starts and it's where it keeps going. And we don't only have hope, but we also have joy because there's help. In our surrender and us trying to understand these teachings and us trying to apply them to our lives, as I talked about uh, two weeks ago, this scripture, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And at first, you know, it seems like one of those, you know, scripture that you put on the fridge, you know, rest for my soul. Yes, thank you, Jesus, for the encouragement. But when you really start to think about like, wait a minute, what is it about this yoke thing? Like, easy and light, I mean, that, uh, wouldn't it be better to not have a yoke? Wouldn't it be better to not have any burden? Yeah, your burden is light, but I, wouldn't no burden be better than a light burden? And this imagery that we find out here, like it's, it's this imagery of this, this inferiority, right? An imagery of, of subservience or even the idea of slavery. And we don't see a lot of it around in our culture, but back in that day, they had oxen and donkeys and all kinds of animals around them that they would use for constructive purposes to get work done. We have tractors these days, right? And so usually most of the time when you see an ox or a cow, it's just 
chilling out and grazing in the field. But let's take how we know it. Let's take how we know it. If you have cattle and they're out in a field, you have a parameter for them, right? Like you don't want them to go to beyond a certain boundary. Why? Because it can be dangerous. They can just be grazing and grazing and grazing and not really paying attention, doing what they want to do, and all of a sudden they're in the middle of the road. Around a curb, it could be dangerous not only for the life of the cow, but for the life of others. It could be dangerous for property, dangerous in a lot of ways. That's the way when somebody calls you on Sunday morning and says your cows are out, you have to skip church, you gotta go put your cows up, right? Because it's, it's a dangerous thing for your cows not to be in the pasture grazing where they're supposed to be, right? God wants us to rest. He wants us to be able to graze and enjoy the pasture. Yes, we have good things, works, and things that we're supposed to accomplish, but he also wants us to have the rest as long as we're in the boundaries that he created. And so first, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Well, it's easy and his burden is light because that's what we were created to do. That's what we were created to do. A cow could be in a pasture that's acres and acres and have plenty of food and plenty of water and plenty of everything, and and it doesn't really think much outside of that. But if it says, I want what's on the other side of that fence, I want, uh, yeah, I have this here. I have all that I need. I have all, all, all the things that God has for me is right here. But that, I just, I'm not, I, no, I don't want this. I want that over there. That's when, that's when all of a sudden there's not rest. That's when there's striving. That's when there's trouble. That's when there's burden. That's when there's a yoke that is heavy. So we were created for something specific. God created us to carry the yoke and the burden that Jesus calls us to. And it could be the very teachings that he was referring to that are so difficult to us. But yet when we go to those things, when we give in to those things, when we surrender to those things, there's help. There is help. So first, it's easy because it's what you were created for. And second, it's easy because he gives you help. More words from Jesus in John 14. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to what? To help you. And you will be and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, and I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So not only is it easy and light because we were created for it, but it's easy and light because he helps us. He helps us. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So there's help. When we surrender our lives to Jesus and his teachings and his ways, the yoke is easy and the burden light. So that's our part, right? His part's the help. His part, he's got the plan. He's got the map. He knows, he knows things that we don't know, like his ways are better. But our part is the surrender part. And there's one thing above probably everything else as you try to fulfill your part in surrender that you've got to have. And we see it woven throughout or weaved. I don't know which the right word of them, weaved. Throughout Jesus' teachings, threaded through Jesus' teachings, humility. That's how Jesus surrendered to God's will. He humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. 
Scripture says he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself lower than even the angels taking on human likeness. We know that God opposes the proud, but he gives help to the humble. That's how we access the help in our surrender as we come to him in humility. This attitude is necessary. Paul encourages early Christians uh, to often actively follow Jesus by loving others out of humility. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking only to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. A true others-before-self lifestyle is born out of humility, and it's the kind of humility that doesn't pick yourself up by your bootstraps to prop yourself up, but uses your bootstraps to prop others up. At times, living out the teachings of Jesus, is, it's not comfortable. It's not pleasant. It goes against what we want to do. But as we approach our Christian walk with humility and with surrender, we'll discover that the transformative work of the gospel really is really there. That the gospel really does change everything. That it really does help us to love our enemies and to forgive and to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him and all the things that Jesus teaches us. Now you may be thinking, but yeah, isn't surrender a weakness? Doesn't that show weakness? In our culture, right, in our society, we would never just give up. We like, we dig in and we fight more. We're just gonna make it happen. But surrender isn't weakness, not the kind of surrender to, that I'm talking about. Surrender to the lordship of Jesus. It takes strength, actually, to surrender to Jesus' will, to the will of your Father in heaven. It takes a lot of strength. Someone said, surrender isn't giving up, it's letting go. And I would add to that, like, and letting go doesn't mean letting go of the wheel, <laughs> but it means driving where God wants you to go. Surrender is not a weakness, but it's a strength. It's driving where God wants you to go. Similarly, connected to the idea of taking up our cross, denying ourselves daily. And it's not a one-time thing. It's an all-the-time thing, right? It's not, a, it's not a Sunday thing. It's a Sunday through Saturday thing. It's not just a one-time prayer of surrender. It's a constant submission to what Jesus speaks and tells and teaches. But it's got to start somewhere, doesn't it? It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start with that first initial step of faith of saying, Jesus, I surrender. Not my will, not what I want, but what you want. An unconditional surrender and humility to Jesus. And that's an everyday kind of thing. Like many of you began your first steps with Jesus saying that, Jesus, I surrender, right? I surrender. I put my faith or I trust. It may not be in those words. It may have been in, those, in an attitude or an action that you began to put your trust and your faith in Jesus in a, in a form of surrender. God, what I'm doing and how I'm trying to make this work is not working. But us that have started that way, have we forgotten that way? Have we forgotten the ancient way, the Jesus way? Do we, do we sometimes feel, okay, I said that prayer and I do my duties and I'm doing these things and we get busy and we get along in life. And we're surrounded by all kinds of systems of society that are different than the system of the kingdom of heaven, and we forget. 
that every moment of every day needs to be walked in surrender to Jesus. We get the help that we need and we find the rest that we need and we find the peace that we need and we get the joy that we need through humble surrender. Humble surrender. Surrendering unconditionally to Jesus in humility. Ask God for help. Ask God for help. So if we did, imagine, if we could live our lives every single day in humility, we're not gonna get all the teachings of Jesus right all the time. We'll get better at them. We can get better at them, and the gospel will do its work in us and make us more and more like Jesus as long as we don't give up, as long as we keep surrendering and keep coming back to the cross and keep coming back to Jesus and keep saying, Jesus, I I don't know how to do this. Like, I thought I trusted you, but then you started messing with my kids (laughs) or you let somebody mess with my kids. And I don't know how to handle that. And so I have to surrender back to you or I got fired from my job I thought I trusted you but now I'm in debt because of this that and the other and I am so worried and so concerned and so caught up in all of my money needs that I don't I don't know if I trust you anymore at least I don't I don't have that peace in that area of my life is it surrendered to Jesus if we would do that as a community can you imagine how awesome that would be that as we interact with each other in complete submission to Jesus and in humility, what would change about the way that we love each other? What would change as you, as you go out to your different areas out in the community in, in, in Paris and in Blossom and Reno and Detroit, 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 Roxton, Cooper, Honeygrove, Bogota, see I said that one right, Hugo, Valiant, Tigertown, Toco, Amherst, Powderly, Sumner, Dakota, Arthur City, Pattonville, Deport, Petty, did I say Brixton, Roxton, all the places, Sumner, forgot Sumner, Powderly, did I say those? Yeah. All the places, as we go out in the community, surrendered and humble, what would change? What would change with our neighbor? What would change with the kid down the street? What would change in the workplace? What would change in the pickup line or with conversations with your kids in the car? What would change in the locker room or on the team if we were humbly submitted to the will of the Father? Yeah, we don't have all the right answers and we don't always get it right, but the call is a call of surrender at every moment of every day, not just Sundays, amen? Will's gonna come up, we're gonna end today with the old hymn, I Surrender All. Can we do that? Now, as they get ready and as they begin to sing that, um, I just want you to examine yourself. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago. As you take into account all the teachings that we've been talking about, about Jesus, like where are you? What is God dealing with you in? Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus. Maybe you've never taken that step of faith to say, Jesus, I surrender my will, not what I want, not the way that I understand it. I keep trying to do it my way. I want to do it your way now. And so as we sing that song, and we're going to stand here in a second when they get ready, but as they sing that song, you're welcome to come forward. And if you, if you feel like that's something you want to do, like as an altar call, like I want, to, I want to take a step of faith and just whether it's for the first time I'm submitting myself to Jesus or it's a renewal or it's just there's something specific in your life that you need to surrender to Jesus, hey, this space is open. Pastor G and myself, we're here. We can be praying for you.
Or some of you that know, maybe a friend of yours comes up, you can come pray with them, right? Or maybe you just, maybe after everybody's standing, you just feel like God wants you to sit back down and just pray and get quiet and get still and focus in on him, then do that. Or maybe right there as you're standing and you just, he's, he's, he's prompting you to lift your hands and say, I surrender, or to sing out loud, or whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is wanting you to do, let's all as a church body make a commitment today. Yeah, we're not going to get it right all the time, but we can surrender right now. We got to start in this moment, in this time. Amen. Let's stand. Finish out with the. <laughs> we finish out with the last chorus again. Um, God may have 
kind of prompted something in you. Um, it wouldn't have been very audible, <laughs> obviously, but there might be a, a gut feeling that you have about something you're supposed to do. And that could be that Jesus is wanting you to obey that so that it just says, I'm surrendered. This is a way that you surrender as you, you obey what Jesus tells you to do. And so I don't, you know, it's going to be different for each of you what that, what that might be. But also be willing throughout this week to listen to that. Like we submit and we show that we love God by doing what he says. And so he doesn't overwhelm us, but he helps us. And that, that one little prompting, that's all you got to worry about. And you do that, and you'll see or you'll feel his peace and his rest and his joy in your life. And then he'll give you something else, one thing at a time. And so I just want to encourage you, like, don't, you know, we, we end in, at a good time today. Don't just like, ooh, that was a great short service. Um, no, let... Let your conversations at lunch, like, be filled with surrender to Jesus. And let it permeate your week this week. Like, what can I do? Jesus, show me. I want to be surrendered to you. Is it, is it that I'm supposed to serve more or somewhere else? Or for the first time, is it, is it supposed to, am I supposed to get in a community group? Am I, am I supposed to start a prayer group at my work or... Am I supposed to do a devotion with my kid in, in the car on the way to school? What Jesus, what is it? What is it that I can submit to you? Amen. So we'll finish this out and we'll just consider this is your prayer and your blessing. God be with you. And as he sings that out, feel free to begin to leave. I love you guys. Have a great, great week. We look forward to having Pastor and his wife back next week. Oh.